Thank you, Lord. You are a good God. Now look at somebody around you and just say, man, you know, God is a good God. God's a good God. Amen. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever let the devil tell you any different. But that God is a good God. And he loves you. And he cares for it. He wants to bless you at all times. Amen. Well, praise God. I'm glad to see some faces in here tonight. I know, you know, that all over, all over the world, people are watching the broadcast. And some of you, I know tonight, you're maybe at home and, and you're, you're fighting discouragement or you're fighting fear or you're fighting anxiety. Well, listen, I wanna, I wanna, we're going to share the word tonight. We're going to preach. We're going to let the Spirit of God come and touch you and invade you. If you're at home and you're sick, I want to tell you something. We're praying for you. I believe with all of my heart that this is the days of miracles. It's time to cry out to God. It's a time not to be timid. It's a time to be strong. It's a time to be vocal. And, and so I'm going to preach a message tonight that's going to set you on the right course. Amen? And, and so I want you all to get your Bibles out. And I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 4. I shared a message last week. And I was, I've just been on this, and I can't get off of it. Uh, you know, when I first got saved and came to church, there were so many things that were different to me because I had spent most of my life in a denominational church, and, and, you know, there was not a lot of interaction in the church. You just went to church, and then you left. And then as I got into, uh, you know, non-denominational type situations, things became more vocal, and, and, and you began to uh, get more involved, and... But there was phrases, catchphrases that I just did not understand. I just said, never like, like they would say, brother, just receive it by faith. And I was like, how, what do you mean? How do you receive by faith? What do you mean receive by faith? People would say things to me like, uh, you know, uh, well, that's just the flesh. And I was like, well, I don't know if I really understand that. I'm thinking flesh, you know, flesh. I, I, I don't know. You know, well, you just got to, you know, you got to worship by the spirit. And I was like, what do you? You know, I don't understand worship by the Spirit. I mean, is that like singing in tune or, you know, I, I, what, what, what's going on? And so, so a lot of things, you know, over the years, I've, I've, tried to, I've tried to simplify things. And if anything I want to be known for is I want to be known for a preacher that could preach something simple. Uh, people could understand what I was talking about. I don't want to get high and lofty because nobody understands that. I want to put things that we can use and, and are applicable into our lives. And so I've been preaching this thing about the curse. You can talk whatever, you can say whatever you want to. You can call it sin. You can call it the devil. You can call it the curse. You can call it whatever you want to. But I'm trying to get us to just get an imagery and, 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 and get our minds going and our hearts to understand what's taking place uh, in the world today, what's always been taking place. We just maybe haven't recognized it. You know, when things are good, everybody's just happy and go lucky and going and, and you're doing and you're, you're, you have your relationship with the Lord. But then when things get tough, you know, you dig in, you, you're, you're, you're questioning more, you're reading more, you're listening more, you're watching more. And so, you know, things, things change. Amen. And we're in a time right now that the world's really upside down. Uh, nobody knows anything. I don't know if y'all understand this, but nobody knows anything. Nobody knows the answer. Nobody knows the cure. Nobody knows nothing. Everybody's just got this, that, or the other. We might as well go down and say, well, listen, everybody, you know, eat grass. That's the cure to set everything right, okay? Things are, are, are ridiculous. Things are, you know, crazy. But that doesn't change our walk with Jesus. 
I don't know what else to encourage people about, but to understand who the enemy is, and the enemy's not man, it's the curse behind man, okay? The enemy is never going to be a human. God loves humans. Do you know that? God loves them all. He loves, the, he loves all human beings. He loves them. No matter what nationality, no matter what color, no matter what race, no matter what they speak, no matter what language they come, where they're living, God loves people. Okay? He loves this world. He loves people. He sent Jesus to die for it. He loves people. But there's a curse that's been on this earth ever since the fall in the garden. There's a curse been on here. That's, it's, it's, you know, you can say, well, it's the devil. Well, yes, but it's, it's the curse. It's the, it's the, the luring of, 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 the, of the curse to try to get you out of the blessing of God. It's the, it's the lure to, that, that wants to make you mad so that you won't forgive so you can't receive the blessing. Hello? It's the, it's the, the, the wooing of the, of the enemy that wants to kill, steal, and destroy human beings. God absolutely loves humans, and the devil absolutely hates them. Okay? So there's this, we don't see a war. I don't see tanks out there right now. I don't see that kind of a war. But there's a spiritual war going on all the time for the souls of mankind. All right? So if the devil can get somebody sidetracked in drugs or get them in alcohol or get them in, you know, in, in an abusive marriage or get them in, 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 in debt or in poverty or whatever, if he can do that, he's happy because they're living in the curse. You, I've already gone over this. I don't want to go back over a whole bunch of it. But, you know, you go to Deuteronomy 28. You can look at it. Man, blessings and cursings. The blessings are good, right? The blessings are good. Blessings. The word blessing. I mean, the blessings are good. Curse is bad. God is good. The devil's bad. And sometimes we try to get all these theories and we try to get all this mystical, theological thing, but we got to put it simply that right now in the world, the devil wants to kill people. All right? Coronavirus is not from God because it's killing people. God wants to bless people. All right? Just get it out of your thoughts. Well, maybe God's using this end time judgment for me. No, no, just get it out of your thoughts. That's not right. God loves people. God doesn't want to kill people. God wants to bless people. God wants people to walk in the blessing. But if people choose to walk in the curse, then they're going to reap the benefit of the curse. They're going to reap the nature of the curse upon them. Right? So we don't want that. We want to walk in the blessing. Amen? That's where we want to be. We want to be in the blessing of God. We want to be in, in a godly nature, which is a blessing, not the curse that is evil, wicked, oppressive, tormenting. That's a curse, right? So we want to stay free of it. Well, the only way you're really going to stay free of the curse is to become aware of the curse, right? You got to know your enemy. You got to realize that when that little wooing voice is coming to you that says, go ahead and just tell them off, that you might say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I may want to watch what comes out of my mouth. Because whatever I sow, I'm going to reap. And if I say something, then that's going to take me over to the curse. And then, then that lets the devil kill, steal, and destroy from me. And I don't want that. I want to stay in the blessing. So I better, wait, wait, what do I need to do? Let me look up the word. I need to get the blessing going because I want to walk in the blessing. Are you with me? Be careful when you're being wooed and, and, and pushed and manipulated by something that's going to take you into the curse. It can't be God. Right? So one of the ways that you're going to get this is Hebrews 4.14. One of the ways that you're going to keep yourself on track 
Hebrews 4.14 says, Seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Now, if you're reading a King James, it says profession. All right? I'll explain that in just a minute. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was at all points tempted as we are. So that means the curse tried to get Jesus off. Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious. The devil himself took him up to the temple and said, hey, you know, come do this and I'll do this, right? Yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in time of need. That word confession, like I said, in King James, it's translated profession. And it can be translated profession, but you need to understand what profession means. It's not like your profession, like what you do in the sense of you're a mechanic or a truck driver or whatever. This is what it means. Whom we profess to be ours. Or what one professes or confesses out of his mouth. All right? So, in other words, your profession would be you're professing (laughs) what you believe, who you are. Remember when Paul was on the ship and he said, look, the one stood by me tonight and whose I am. Right? And we have to know who we are. We have to know that we're in Christ. We have to know that we are in Christ and Christ is in us. Right? Okay. So I taught this whole message about where you sit at the right hand of the throne of God. You sit spiritually in Christ. But when you say that, you did, you, when you woke up this morning, you didn't go into the throne physically. You could have gone into the throne spiritually, but you didn't go into the throne physically and sit down literally in heaven at the right hand of the throne of God. But we do it spiritually. So this is where I kind of want to investigate this. So go to Ephesians chapter 1. Let's look at what this says. Ephesians 1, 3, we'll start there. He says, well, I understand what you're saying, Robert, but I don't understand how you do this spiritually. Well, let me show you. Our confession or our profession is the declaration of who we are. Okay? You're born again. You're a child of God. You're washed in the blood of Jesus. Your sins are forgiven you. You sit at the right hand of the throne of God. You're blessed from on high. All those are truths. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That means it's already yours, right? Who has is past tense. It's not going to. He has. When you got saved and you got born again, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places became yours because you were in Christ. You were in Christ spiritually. You weren't in Christ physically. Jesus didn't appear and you stepped inside of him. Right? But spiritually speaking, so let's say, well, okay, let's talk about this. Spiritually speaking, all right. So everyone, I think everyone in here, (laughs) it sounds so bad to say this, but I think all of us in here, and they're all about you out there watching. I can't see your faces, but I know you're watching. Uh, You know, we know what the wooing of sin is. We know what the, 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 the temptation of the devil is or what the temptation of the curse is. We know what it is, right? We know that voice when the devil wants us to act up when he, our, and we say, well, my flesh got all riled up. Okay, let's call it the flesh for a moment. 
your flesh got riled up. But what it is is the curse that's loosed on this earth, the curse, the Adamic nature of man starts working on the inside of you, and he's trying to get you to act like your father, the devil, not your father, God. That's all it is. That's all it is. You didn't become demon-possessed, right? It's just that you were, you, were, you were feeling the vibes of the curse. You know, you, you, you go to some rally and everybody's screaming things to get everybody stirred up and then all of a sudden you're stirred up and then you're screaming and thinking, what am I saying? Well, you just got caught up in the vibe of it, right? That's what happens when you're listening to the news and you keep reading all the bad reports and all the stuff and this and that and the other and you start listening to that and all of a sudden that's what you're thinking about. It's going through your mind. You're thinking about, oh my gosh, what if we're going to go into a second wave? What if we're going to be locked down for 18 months? What if it gets worse? What if this is going to happen? What if this is going to happen? What if that's going to happen? Oh my gosh, what's the economy going to do? And before long, you're all just, ah! That's the wooing of the curse to get you over there, to get you to, off of the fact that you're children of God, born again, washed in the blood of Jesus, seated at the right hand of the throne of God. With Jesus saying, hey, don't worry, because I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. I've come to bless you. See, folks, the moment you get over into the curse and start thinking like the curse, you're going to cut the blessing out of your life, which is all of God's prosperity, all of his love, all of his mercy. You're cutting it out because you're over here. Worry is a part of the curse. If you're worried, it's the curse. You might as well realize Beelzebub himself is trying to get you to go over to his side. If you start dividing things up like this and really looking at it, okay, blessings would be you've got joy, peace, assurance, trust. God's going to take care of me. We're going to be okay. We're going to go on. Yay. Right? Then you're over here in the blessing, and then God's like pouring it out. Man, he's just like shoveling it, shoveling the blessing, shoveling the blessing. You're blessed when you come in. You're blessed when you go out. You're blessed everywhere you turn. Everywhere you go, you're just blessed, and there's people blessing, blessed, blessed, blessed. But if you're in the curse, you know what you're going to do? You're going to walk in the curse. You're going to get worried. You're going to get troubled. You're going to get fearful. And then you're going to get, it's like you're going to gravitate to other people who are just like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, I got hair off. And then you just keep getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And then all of a sudden you're just over there. And then you go home and say, we might as well dig a hole and bury ourselves. There's no hope. That's the way it works. It doesn't mean that we're not Christian. It's just what happens. If you get sidetracked, think of this. I've read this story, Acts 15, over and over and over and over again, and reading about Paul and Silas getting in a fight of who's going to go with them, and Paul did not want to take uh, Mark uh, with him, and, and Barnabas wanted Mark with him. Excuse me, it was Barnabas, Paul and Barnabas, and Barnabas wanted to take Mark with him, and they got into such a fight, such a dispute that they split, and Paul took Silas, and Barnabas took Mark, and they went off. Was any of that godly? Somebody could say, oh, well, that was the Lord working this way so that Silas could go. No, they got in a fight. They got in the flesh. And Paul did not want Mark to go because he had left them before. He said, that guy ain't worthy. He's, he's, he's going to forsake us. And Barnabas saw something in him that said, hey, I think we can get him and we can help him. And so Barnabas said, so Paul said, you want him, you take him. But I ain't going with that guy. That guy's going to leave me. When the line's coming, he ain't going to be there. It was his nature. That was, all, was Paul right or Barnabas right? I don't know. It doesn't really make any difference. All I'm telling you is a part of the curse started to work in their life until those two men of God that we read about in the Bible split. Paul took Silas and Barnabas took Mark. 
That was the curse yakking in their ears, getting this whole thing going. So anybody can fall into the prey of the curse. Right? So worry is the curse. Fear is the curse. The moment that people start telling us what is going to happen to us, I start backing up. No, 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 no. That may be going to happen to you. That ain't going to happen to me. You can walk in that if you want to walk in that. I ain't walking. I'm walking in the blessings of God. Well, we're all a part of this society, and we're all in part of this world, and we're going to go. No, you can do whatever you want to, but I'm going to be blessed. I don't know what's going to happen to you. I'm going to be blessed. I've seen my God bless me so many times in my life. I cannot deny and say now that he can't get around whatever's going on. I've seen God bail us out so many times. Oh, well, we were right there on the brink of nothing, and we just thought, oh, we're going to crash. And my wife and I pray, and God comes in, and he does a miracle. I've seen it happen so many times. I'm not going to start doubting him now. But the curse wants to come on you, and the curse wants to pull you out and say, oh, you're not going to make as much money this year as you did last year. Things are looking bad. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to go on. I can tell you all, listen, I'll I'll Throw it out there. Some of you watching out there, don't get mad at me. Go to your Bible and read and find the truth out. But one of the things that the curse is really doing on the face of the earth right now is the government is giving people money to not work. And they're making more money not working. But my Bible says you better watch it because the little foxes spoil the vine. And you who don't work don't eat. And you better watch the freedom you're giving up because Uncle Sam, he ain't my uncle. (laughs) I have a heavenly father and an elder brother, Jesus, and a helper, the Holy Ghost. And Uncle Sam, he ain't my uncle. He ain't in my family. And you better watch it, but that's a part of the curse, wanting to take people into a place where it's going to get there. What happens when it's all cut off? Oh, they don't have a job. They don't want to go back to work. You know, right, right now they're saying that domestic violence is on a, a huge rise. Okay? Well, duh. I mean, that, uh, good gosh. I mean, I know better than that, and I'm, you know, just me. So what I'm saying to you is you better watch it. The curse is always working. Right now the curse is working really fast and really hard upon all of humanity. And he wants to take as many to hell with him as he possibly can take. That's his point. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy and get rid of as many people as he possibly can. Because the more he gets over into his camp, the more he gets into fear, the more he gets out there working everything out there, then you know what? Then he's just got that much more that he has in his camp. Amen? Amen. So it says, you've already been blessed in heaven. All right? Are we having technical difficulties? Am I cutting out? Okay. Because I think it's too bad. I may be dying. Okay. Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has? He's already blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now listen to this. Listen to me, church. All of y'all out there, listen. God chose you to be holy and blameless before him in love. Not full of guilt, 
not full of condemnation. I'm telling you, I've told you all this forever. If you did do something that you're grieved in your heart, you think grieved your heavenly father that you shouldn't have done it, repent. Get back in the grace of God as fast as you can. Do not live in guilt and condemnation. Do not live in self-judgment. Do not live in self-exile. Stay in the presence of God. Don't get out of the presence of God. Stay in his good grace. And it's called repentance. And it's not hard to do if you, unless uh, you have a lot of pride. If you got a lot of pride, I love it. <clears throat> you know, I, I read my Bible. I, I've told you how I read my Bible. You know, so I read my Bible through and, and I, I'm in the book of Job. And I don't like reading Job, mainly because they're talking about, you know, it's all it's supposed to be the inspired word of God. It all is the inspired word of God. But when you're reading Job's friends, I'm like, yeah, I mean, who wants friends like this? They are just, you know, and so I get mad at them. And I find myself getting emotional as I'm reading Job. Like, man, see, he should have slapped it. But what I love is Job, you know, the whole time he's justifying himself that he didn't do anything wrong. And God has falsely done bad things to him, and he didn't deserve it. And then all of a sudden, God shows up in, in chapter 39. And I was there this morning, chapter 39, I started laughing. Because it's like God shows up and says, oh, yeah, by the way, where were you when I formed the heavens and the earth? Where were you when I set the boundaries of the sea? Oh, where were you this? And you're now talking to me and say, you're, you're going to bring me in judgment? And I'm like, way to go, God, just slap old Job, man. Just smack him a good one and say, boy, you better wake up. And sometimes we're like Job. We're up there saying, God, you didn't do this and you didn't do that. And like, who are we? So we need to be quick to repent. Quick to get staying holy and without blame before him in love. That's where we need to be living right now in this time. Knowing that God has us and he loves us. And he's got a, he's got a plan for us. And he's going to take care of us. And everything's going to work out. Can I have an amen? It says, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ, God already had foreordained that we were going to be sons of God. Not the son of God, but sons of God. We were going to be adopted into the family of God. He already had that preordained, already pre-set up. According to the good pleasures of his will. It was his good pleasure. It was his good pleasure to make Brandy a son of God. This is good pleasure. You pleasured God when you gave your heart to Jesus. Wow, think about that. C.W. pleasured God. God got a smile on his face the day you got saved. He's like, man, that's my will right there. I wanted him in the family. I want him as a son. Think about that. Holy cow. You put a smile on the face of Almighty God the day that you gave your heart to Jesus, the day you said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, the day you said that, God got a big smile on his face. He said, man, that's what I've been waiting for you to get in the family. Hmm. Mm, mm. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to the good pleasures which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather together in one all things in Christ. Well, I'm glad if he's gathering all things in one in Christ, I'm glad I'm in Christ. In him we also have obtained an inheritance. Woo, you get an inheritance. 
Being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. That we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him we also trusted after you've heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You got sealed up so you wouldn't lose it. It wouldn't ooze out anywhere. It's a permanent run flat. Is that right? The tires that don't go flat, aren't they called run flats? You're permanently sealed up, so you're never going to go flat. The guarantee of our inheritance is to the redemption of the purpose possession to the praise of his glory. Now jump down to verse 15. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith, he's talking to the church at Ephesus, and the Lord Jesus, your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, and that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Folks, listen to me. And what are the riches of his inheritance? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is his exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers, far above all principalities and powers, far above all principalities and powers, far above all principalities and powers. There ain't no devil getting power over you if you're in Christ. Because he's been seated far above all principalities and powers. I don't know what's coming. I don't know how. Well, I know what's coming. But I don't know when it's coming. But I'm telling you what. I'm in Christ. And it says all principalities and powers are under him. So if I stay in Christ and don't jump ship because I've listened to the curse and worry and fear. And I keep my confession coming out of my mouth of whom I believe and whom I'm in. And what I believe coming out of my mouth. I'm going to stay on the right track. You don't, you're going to lose it. You're going to fall into the curse. You're going to fall into the darkness. You're going to, you're going to go off on a side road that's going to take you to a place you don't want to be. Christians, we should be the happiest people on the face of the earth. But the problem is, when we get saved, our spirit man gets saved. But our soul is still stupid. And our mind is still stupid. And we believe things that we shouldn't do and we listen to things because we've just always walked in the nature of this world. Paul called according to the course of this world. We've just walked in that. So we just assume that's the way everything is done. And when you walk in that course like that, I want to tell you something. You're going to get off and the devil's going to have a field day in your brain. And you're going to get sidetracked. And today we need to be sharp. We need to be standing in this and say, wait a minute, exceeding great and precious promises you've given me? I, I, I'm in Christ far above all principalities and powers, rulers of darkness, wickedness in high places. I'm in Christ and, and, and I'm at the right hand of the throne of God. Look, it doesn't make any difference how you feel in the flesh or where you are in the flesh. It's where your brain, your soul, and your spirit is connected with heaven and what the word says. How do you walk in the Spirit? You get your mouth lined up with what the Word says. How do you worship in Spirit? Is it that you sing in tune anywhere? No. You worship in Spirit because what you do is what's coming out of your mouth in the song that you sing. You mean it. You are the wind in my sails. You're the fire in my bones. Lord, I live for you. You're a good God. You really mean that? You're in the Spirit. Doesn't mean you have to have goosebumps and oh, fall on the floor and whatever. 
Say, oh, he's in the Spirit. Are you all with me? We've got to get this and understand. Walking in the Spirit is not a difficult thing. It's really an easy thing. It's really easy to get in the presence of God, and it's really easy to walk in the Spirit. All you have to do is shut off the voice of the curse and listen to the voice of the blessing. Stop, take a deep breath, close your eyes, and say, man, I love you, Lord. I mean it with all of my heart. You know I love you. I love you there. Don't turn into, why aren't you doing this, and how come that's happening over here, and what's going on over there, and I don't understand this up there. That ain't going to get you nowhere. Let me shoot down here because I'm running out of time. Go to John, the Gospel of John chapter 4. Gospel of John chapter 4. When, when Jesus meets the woman at the well, John 4.10, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who, it's, who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now think about that. The woman's getting ready to get well, water out of a well. So she's only thinking physical. Let me say it this way. She's only thinking natural. She's looking at natural water, a natural bucket. She's talking to Jesus, believing it's all natural. All right? And so he's saying, if you knew, listen to me, this is good. If you knew who you were talking to, you would have asked, and he would have given you this living water that never quits running. And so the woman said, well, sir, you ain't even got a bucket to draw with here. Again, she's totally looking naturally minded. What's the difference between walking in the spirit and walking in the flesh? That right there. She's looking at the natural. And Jesus, the son of the living God, is sitting right here who has been in heaven. <laughs> Let's think about this. He's been in heaven, commanded the host of the army. He's the angel of the Lord who's commanded host of armies forever, is sitting in front of her, but she's only looking at it with the natural. And this is where people mess up. If you're going to walk in the things of the Spirit, you have to look at it by the word. You have to look at it with the eyes. Remember that old song, Rose-Colored Glasses? Right? Got these rose-colored... You don't know that song? She's just looking... No. How many know the song, Rose Color Glasses, lift your hand? Uh-oh. I'll sing it to you after service. So, these rose cutter glasses, right, that I look through. In other words, he's seeing the world differently through those rose colored glasses. Well, you have to do that too, but you're seeing it differently through what the Word says. You're looking at the natural situation, but you're seeing it through the glasses that Jesus of the Word said, Oh, man, I, I see nothing but blessing. Right? You're looking through it and written on inside of yours. Just, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed wherever I go. Ho, ho, ho. That's what you're looking out of. That's how you walk in the Spirit. He said, well, that's just imagining things. No. It's taking the truth of the Word of God. Because this is what the Word says about you. That means walking in the Spirit. That's how you walk in the Spirit. So then if you go down to verse 13... Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks this water is still going to thirst again, but whoever drinks the waters that I will give will never thirst. And the waters that I shall give will become in him a fountain of water that spring up to everlasting life. And the woman said, oh, give me the water. I'll never have to be thirsty again. Again, she's still thinking natural. 
And right now, the world is all looking at everything in the natural, and nobody's looking at the supernatural. Everybody's looking in, at, at the eyes of, they got on glasses of the curse instead of glassings of the blessings. And so what they're looking at is saying, oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. And I'm saying, praise God, it's time for revival. It's time for miracles. It's time for signs and wonders. It's time for God to do miracles. It's time for us to see God moving and seeing things happening. Do you notice something? I just want to bring this out. That in most catastrophes that happen in the world, uh, you know, the wars, World War I, World War II, you know, the wars that are going on. Did you know how many, if you go back and look in history, when the world was in a big problem, they called for the church to pray. And we're in a worldwide pandemic, and they tell us, don't go to church, stay home, you know. You know how many churches that have pastors that have had an ability to have a, even a small congregation that don't have any uh, ability to do uh, FaceTime, you know, anything like this, and don't have anything to do with that, have lost congregations and people and their little sheep are out there just blatant and nobody's there to take care of them? Can't get in the hospital to pray for anybody. Think about that. This pandemic that went around the world, the church was totally and completely shut out. Do not say anything. And this is the first time in the world I've ever seen anything like that. That there's not enough godliness in the world that everybody is so under the curse and listening to the curse that they will not even allow the gospel to get out. Think about that. That's a spooky. All right? So, in verse 21, Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know, and we worship what for we worship what we know for salvations of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him, for God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. In other words, your confession your, of what you believe from the word of his truth going to him. That's all it means to walking in the spirit. It's not complicated. But I'm telling you, you're not walking in the spirit if you're sitting around in fear. You're not walking in the spirit if you're full of worry. You're not walking in the spirit if you're full of anger or condemnation or judgment. Okay? You're not. Walking in the Spirit means taking by faith the word that God said about you and speaking out of your mouth and saying, Lord, this is what is true. You know how, how you, you, if you've ever been driving in the fog, you know, when it's, when it's like the fog that's not set all the way to the ground and you're driving along and then you break out in that patch and you can see and then you go back into a patch and you see, you know what I mean? You go, go like that. When you start your confession of God's word coming out of your mouth and you start speaking the truth of God's word, it's like that. You may, you may be because you've lived in the curse for so long. You're in the fog and you can't see. Then all of a sudden, poof, you break out. And you're like, ah, glory to God, I can see everything. And then oof, you go back into another spot because you find another stronghold in your life that you haven't been walking in the blessing. You've been walking in the curse. And so you're in that fog for a while, but you just stay on the road. You know, look for the white line. Look for the white line. Right? And then all of a sudden, poof, you break out again. And you're like, glory to God, I've made it. I have ascended on high. And then all of a sudden, poof. Right? This is life. All right? This is life. 
And so what do we do? We just keep our confession going. Your confession is going to keep you in the Spirit. Watch what's going on. Watch what you're saying. Watch what you're, you're watching. Be careful to what you're watching right now, what you're feeding your soul. Because if you just listen to the curse right now, oh, you're going to lose it. You're going to lose it. And we're not going to be that church, are we? We're going to be those that rise up and we're going to conquer. We're going to keep our, we know what our profession is. We are professional Word of God speakers. We are professional. Our profession is sons of God sit at the right hand of the throne in Christ. Amen? So just keep check on yourself. I want to pray for you. Just keep check on yourself. Those of you watching at home, listen. You may need to stop right now. Don't shut me off just yet. I want to pray for you. And you may need to take some time after this message and sit there on your couch and make sure you get your confession right. All the places you've been walking in doubt and unbelief and fear, repent of it. Just repent of it and go on. Amen? So everybody stand up. Let me pray. You know what I need to do? I have gotten so out of touch of what's going on, I always forget about taking up an offering. Because we haven't had an offering. And they tell me I can't pass a bucket. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray one big prayer. I'm going to cover you, and I'm going to cover it. If you have an offering tonight, the buckets are in the back corner. You can just drop it in there as you go out the door, and we'll take care of that. If you're out there and going to send in an offering, just you know what to do. Mail it in. But I want to pray over finances, and I want to pray over your confession. So, Father, right now in Jesus' name, I just declare over each and every person here, those watching, Lord, first of all, I speak over their finances and their, pros and, and their prosperity. I declare that you are El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. You're the one who takes care of us. You're the one that supplies for us. Jesus, you died on the cross so that we could walk an abundant life. So I thank you, Lord, people that are worried right now about jobs, worried about finances. I just thank you, Lord, that you show yourself strong to them, that as they profess out of their mouth that they are blessed, as they give and are givers, I just thank you, Lord, for opening up doors and miracles and things happening, signs and wonders is breaking forth upon them. Lord, I just declare right now over each and every person that our confession is going to get right, that the eyes of our understanding become enlightened, that we know the hope of the calling, and that our confession lines up with your word. And as it goes forth, Lord, it keeps us walking in the spirit so that we can live for you and we can worship you in the spirit and in truth. So, Lord, I ask you to bless them. Let us see where we've been in error. Get out of the fog so we can walk in the, in the light with you, Lord. Lord, we praise you for it. Bless them, Lord, now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hey, God bless you, church.